Walkers, and welcome to episode 22 of the Daily MTG Podcast. I'm your host, Trick Jarrett. Here with one of my co-hosts, Mr. Gavin Ver. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about you, Trick? I'm doing great. I'm excited about our guest in the podcast booth today. The one, the only, Jerry Thompson. I'm, I'm also excited about our guest. Oh, good. I'm yeah, glad. I, I heard he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I've heard similar things. Uh, I, I agree with the statement, so I think we're all in agreement. It must be true. Okay. We're excited, man. Welcome aboard. Welcome to Wizards. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's It's been a blast so far. <laughs> You've been here for just over two weeks now, or this is uh, your second week? A little under two weeks, A little yeah. under two weeks, yeah. So you are in full, like, mind overload, I imagine. Uh, I was for the first week, but now I think I got it. I, okay. I, I know what cards do, and so when people start having conversations and stuff, uh, I, I can usually follow along. But the first week, it's just like they're talking about some card. I'm just like, is it that one? Is it that one? I right. don't know. But. Which one is this? I've had the great honor of sitting across from Jerry. Uh, our desks are right <laughs> next to each other, so I've seen him kind of acclimate over the past week. <laughs> and it's been fun. He's, he's just over there constantly with his notepad. And all these printout spoilers of cards. Yep. And so, some things never change. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I imagine it's just how he's did it at the Pro Tour. He's just sitting there looking over cards, re-looking over cards. And, you know, he doesn't use the computer as much as a lot of us do, which I, he, you know, looks over these, these sets and, like, writes down cards and combinations, comes up with these cool decks, and already built quite a few good ones. So I'm excited to see... Uh, where it goes. Cool. Well, let's let's take a step back. We're assuming everyone here knows who you are. Let's talk a little about you, Jerry, and where you come from. So, where are you from? Where, you, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Minneapolis, and uh, for the two years before this, I was living in Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. You were working for Star City Games. Correct. Uh, you are doing coverage for them, you were writing for them, and, and you were grinding. You were playing tournaments. Yeah, not so much within like the last couple of years, but uh, definitely before that, I was flying to tournaments almost every weekend. Yeah. And since I started doing the, the video content and the articles... Like more consistently than uh, I just kind of took a step back and was traveling a little bit less. And yeah. how did you how did you learn magic? Like, what, what was your introduction to the game? Uh, so I I used to read like comic books and fantasy novels and stuff, and I just saw these cards with like dragons on them and stuff. I'm like, these are sweet. And it was uh, the first portal. Oh, okay. So I bought a couple packs of that and then had no idea how to play. There's like nothing <laughs> about the rules anywhere. Didn't have the internet, so I was right. just lost. And then when I started working when I was 15, a guy that I worked with, we're, we're just, you know, talking about our similar interests and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I play this game called Magic. I was like, oh, I have some of those cards. And he's like, oh, sweet. You know, like, uh, and, and that was it. Like, once I started playing, like, the I was hook just was in. Yeah. yeah. It's especially hard with Portal, too, because you're trying to figure out how to play and your cards are, like, intercepting and, like, all this strange yeah, but terminology. That, that's normal, though. You know, because I'd never seen anything else. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you just started playing from then. Did you start getting competitive right away, or were you just playing casually with friends? Well, like I said, I didn't have the internet, so I didn't know there were tournaments, (laughs) and I didn't know there were things like the dojo and Mind Ripper. And then uh, slowly, my friend Adam was just like, "Hey, you know, we should go to this tournament like that's an hour away." And I'm just like, "They have tournaments for this? Like Mm -hmm. that's insane." And then he was like, "Hey, I heard about this new deck on the internet." I'm like, "The internet?" Like, (laughs) so then uh, I started during high school. I started just like printing out articles from, like, Star City, Mind Ripper, et cetera, during uh, lunch and in between classes and stuff. Okay. And, yeah, just really got into it. And you got into it so much that you you are a two-time Grand Prix champion. Yep. You, run a, you won Grand Prix Denver, and then you won Grand Prix Nashville a couple of years later, right? Yep, correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you've also played on the Pro Tour. You've, had a, you've been there a couple times. You, you, you are a well-known deck builder. That's your thing. Yeah, uh, and I worked pretty hard for that. Like, and a lot of it just stemmed from those early days, like devouring these articles and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Evan said, having the printout stuff, like, in front of me, like, going through my notebook, fixing cards, just, like, uh, comparing 
people's different car choices and trying to figure out like why they made those decisions, you know, and try and get inside other people's heads mm-hmm. and try and figure out what was correct and what was the optimal choice for each tournament. And that part was like probably more fun for me than playing. Like even if I'm not playing a lot of Magic, I still want to be brewing. Right. So something that always really impressed me about you, Jerry, is. You you built a lot of great decks too, but you also refined decks. You were like a master of like taking a known archetype, yeah. and putting a spin on it that people hadn't tried, or you know, being the one to figure out how to do Cobblade correctly, or mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of different things. And you would add these 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 like small little tweaks that you know are only maybe three or four cards big, but totally redefined a matchup. And that's a yeah, and, a lot of people have. And that's the thing is that like you know, some people can come up with like new ideas or like see card interactions, but I was like literally there just like comparing deck list to deck list to deck list and figuring out like what worked and what didn't. And it's tough for me personally to just come up with new ideas because like my brain doesn't work that way. Like I don't see a card and I'm just like, oh, this would work insane with this card from four years ago or whatever. Like my mind doesn't do that. So I'm very focused in the here and now and what's important. And if I see a deck like something like Callblade, which is very obviously a good deck, but I know that I can, you know, fix its bad matchups, then I'm just going to do that. When it comes to the decks in Magic's history, what is your favorite deck from Magic? Like, favorite to play, favorite deck from Magic history? Uh, favorite deck to play would be uh, anything with, like, Gaia's Blessing and a bunch of Counterspells and Removal. Okay. Uh, I The first Grand Prix that I flew to was Las Vegas in, like, 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. And the format was extended, and I played, uh, you know, very dual land heavy mana base with, like, Brainstorm, Factor Fiction, Counterspell, like, all these awesome cards. And I basically just, like, ground them out with Gaia's Blessing. And from then on, I was very attracted to decks like that, just mm-hmm. like uh, Nethergo and any sort of permission-based control deck. And it, I don't know, like, now, especially now that I'm, I'm here at Wizards and I'm seeing, that, like, you know, we play a game where we're just like, yeah, that wasn't really fun or whatever. I'm just <laughs> like, you know, back then, I just didn't think about whether or not my opponent was having fun. That was just not a thing that <laughs> yeah. even crossed my mind. Like, I, I knew that I was crushing you, and I felt good, but I didn't really care what you thought. Right, right? well... It's not something that thinks I think fits into a lot of competitive players' mindsets. Is yeah, the fun is winning. Right, a lot of players. There's definitely a big transition coming into Wizards because when you're playtesting on the outside, you're just like, am I winning a lot? Like, what's going on? What are the you know what's happening in this matchup? And when you're here, it's like, am I having fun? Could this card be different? You know, you're not necessarily always trying to win, but be, but like focus on is this game state enjoyable between right. the two of us? Yeah, exactly. And that's not something you ever do outside. You're not like hanging out playtesting in your friend's house for a PTQ and like, am I having fun right now? No, that's not the question you, you ask, right? So it's it's a different environment here. Yeah, I mean like. When when it got to a point in my career where, like, I didn't think that I could do Magic forever, and I thought that this was something that I might want to pursue, like, I did try and just do what I did before, is, like, get inside other people's minds and figure out what it would take to actually work at Wizards, you know? So, like, I was I didn't ha- I don't have any formal training, you know? Sure. But I, I did, like, kind of condition myself to th- step in someone else's shoes and, and try and think about that stuff. So um, it's not, like, completely different for me now because I understand all this stuff already, you know? I've already been thinking about it, but... It is definitely very different. What is the biggest surprise or uh, biggest change for you coming here that's just like mentally a mental adjustment you've had to make? Uh, one of my big concerns coming here was that I didn't know what I would do with my free time. Yeah. Just because I spend a lot of my time in my notebook, like tweaking and brewing for like the next week's tournament and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I don't have any tournaments to go to. So <laughs> what am I going to do? So uh, I don't know. Like the, the time's actually been flying by pretty quickly yeah. and i'm definitely enjoying myself just like watching tv you know doing whatever but uh i i do feel like at some point i'm gonna need to find like another hobby you know because sure. this is my job now but uh well, i know this website that you can write for which one <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell I, me more i like writing i found that um 
there's still a lot of days where I go to work, work, you know, here, nine hours, playing Magic, then it's like, all right, time to go do a cube draft with my friends or whatever, right? So there yeah. are some days where that happens. You don't want to get burned out, of course, but, right. you know, you can definitely have a mix of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I love cubing, but, like, there was a time in my life when... I lived with four or five other Magic players, and there are some other Magic players that live down the street, and we cubed like three or four times a day. Right. So now I'm just kind of like cubed out, and I've just been <laughs> taking a little breather from that. And, sure. You know, I don't really play much casual Magic or anything, so uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to get burnt out from Magic, but I, I do need to find something to do. So if anyone has any suggestions, let me know. Something I always found really unique about Magic is it's one of the few games that you spend a lot more time thinking about than you actually play. Yeah. Like, you know, when, like you were mentioning earlier on the outside, you're constantly thinking of decks or thinking of new strategies or, you know, even figuring out just your tournament plans for an event where, you know, a lot of games you're just sitting there playing the game and then when you're out doing something else, you're not really thinking about it. And so it's definitely a strange, really strange to come here and in your free time be like, Oh, I don't have to like think about this tournament I'm preparing for anymore. Right. Like maybe maybe I'll design cards. Like I have designed cards in my sleep before. My subconscious just like I guess goes for it. I've literally designed a card in my sleep. Woke up and like that card was weird, but it sounds cool. And then like you know I came here and put it in a file. Nice. So um, you know you do stuff like that, but on the whole you don't think about it as quite as much as as you used to. Yeah. So you said something a little while ago. I want to skip back to which was you know your preparation for trying to get a job at Wizards. Mm-hmm. How how long were you sort of working towards this? How long did it take you to get here? Well, I, I don't want to say that, like, this was definitely my goal or anything. It was just more of, like, you know, me trying to have an escape plan. Right. Or, uh, you know, just keep my options open, basically. I knew this was something that I might want to do, not necessarily something that I did want to do, for okay. sure. So, uh, I, I think, like, I just started maturing as a person and starting to realize that, you know, there were things happening that like just around me in my life that weren't just about me, you know, and it was, I was being less selfish and uh, trying to think about like, I don't know, just like how other people think and like what their feelings and emotions are and stuff. And a lot of that goes into like, uh, just like designing a game, you know, like you, you have to cater to a bunch of different audiences. And I think before, like if I was, you know, 23 and designing something like magic, I would just like print, you know, like counter spells and, you know, stuff like A's Blessing, just like my favorite cards and like I wouldn't care about anyone else, but that's right. just, that's just bad form, you know? Yeah. It, it has been a long process. Like, like I said, it was like four years maybe, somewhere around there. Okay. So it, it's been a long time and they offered to have me take the test uh, for the internship or whatever. Right. And uh, I turned them down initially. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, because I, st- I still really enjoyed what I was doing. It was, like, the height of all the Star City stuff, and right. I was getting a lot of press and, like, was really involved in the game and stuff, so I definitely didn't want to give that up, but uh, I don't know. Just, like, didn't hit Platinum last year, which is kind of a sore subject, I guess, sure. and we're just like, yeah, I'll try something new. Okay. So you and I actually share something in common that Gavin doesn't have, and that is you and I traveled across the country to come to work oh, here. Oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> See, I guess we had a different experience, because I really enjoyed driving from Orlando to Seattle. How? Why? <laughs> like, I, 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 you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> I am a crazy person, to be fair. But uh, my wife and I just really enjoyed the, the scenery. Like we, we did it in four and a half days, which is okay. <laughs> legally fast, but very fast. It was yeah, just long I mean, days. We did it in four days from Indianapolis. Right. So you had like another 20 hours on us or something? <laughs> so, like Something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Thing Like, I don't know. It was... It was fine, and it felt endless, and then it ended, which was fantastic. <laughs> it was, like, the best feeling in the world, but I've done a bunch of traveling, and I've seen a bunch of these places, and sure. the sites are nice and everything, but it's not really something that I look forward to, yeah. so I was just like, man, I just want to get there. Fair enough. That's fair. Well, also, there's the excitement building of, you know, you're going to start at Wizards, you want to see what's there, you're like, what's going on, like, you kind of just want to get here and be like, I don't know. I, don't, I, try, I try not to, like, 
build myself up or anything. I'm kind of like <laughs> on an even keel the entire time. Okay. So I, I don't want to get my hopes up and then be disappointed, basically. So and day one, were you excited to be here? Uh. Yes. Like say yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously it's cool, but I wasn't just like bouncing off the walls or anything. I no. just I just try and take it like you know one step at a time, and whatever happens happens. I'm right. not gonna just like just get all jittery or whatever, you know? I yeah. mean, obviously it's cool, and I get to hang out with a bunch of people from my past who I've PTQ'd with, you know, like, people like Gavin, who I sit across from, like, we, I don't know, like, I was friends with Gavin, but I never got to interact with him a bunch, so this is awesome. Yeah. And there's people like Adam Prozac, Sam Stoddard, uh, Ian Duke, just, like, all these people that are awesome and that I played in the same tournaments with and everything, like, that's cool. But, I don't know, excited, probably not the the right word, but sure. I, I do love working here. It's, yeah. it's been fantastic. Uh, that was never in doubt, don't worry. Okay. So, we've talked about the glazed eye look, and you're learning, have you learned a lot that you didn't realize about the process that goes yes. into making that? Okay. Yes, not close. <laughs> Th- things I can't repeat, obviously. Obviously, but, but uh, it's it, it blew my mind, too, when I got here, and I'm not even in R&D, just learning mm. about what exactly goes into making this game. I mean, obviously, it's a complicated game. Yes. But it's almost... I, 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 you guys tell me if you agree or not. I think it's impossible for most people to understand what goes into making this game. Well, it's not impossible because we have people that understand that. Well, I mean, from outside this building. Oh, yeah, from outside, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, you really have to be trying to analyze, like, why people make the decisions that they do. Yep. And even then, it's still impossible. It's, like, just unknown information. You can't ever figure it out on your own. I mean, when I was outside the building running a fan website, I mean, I, I was nose pressed to the glass as close as I could be to the to the system, trying mm-hmm. to see what was going on, trying to report the news and the game and stuff. And I still got here. I was like, holy cow! I had no idea half of this stuff went on. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, if you just talk with someone like Eric Lauer for an hour, he'll just give you revelations that you yeah. didn't even think about ahead of time. And another thing is, you don't necessarily realize how many hands magic touches, right? I mean, there's R&D who makes the cards, but it's like so many other people have a say in that process. And even things like art will often dictate what cards can do. So now yep. art will come back and it'll be like, well, this is a little smaller. We have to like bump it down by a power. And when you're out there thinking on, on your own, you're never considering what art's going to do to one of your cards. But when, but you know, in reality, that happens sometimes. You have yep. to make small adjustments. You know, it's funny. At our core, we are a fantasy game, right? So it's like, well, we have these awesome creatures, and well, sometimes the creatures don't, they gotta, they gotta look great for their power toughness, right? You, know, right. you can't have a Leviathan. You can't have a 6-6-1-1 one, one. One, one that's a puny human. Like, right. And, but, I mean, there are some things, like, you dead weight a flyer, and it still flies. Like, Hey, it's not flavor draft. Yeah. We're not, we're not getting into that. <laughs> so, let's, let's take a step to where the audience does know what we're talking about. Let's talk about Theros, the latest set magics released. One of my favorite draft formats in a long time. I mean, Ravnica Block was right up there. Innistrad Block was great. Theros Block, I feel, is, is right up there. Why do you like Theros so much? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I enjoy it because I can play red-white more. Okay, so... <laughs> that's, that's reasonable trick. There are other people out there. So, oh, if, you want, if you want to put Theros up there as the best draft format of all time... I didn't say it was best of all for, time. Okay, so... Don't sure. put words in my mouth. All right, all right. Fair enough. But, yeah, for your personal favorite, that's that's definitely something I understand. I don't know. It feels... Like, it's definitely a good format. I have I have no problems with it or anything, and I enjoy drafting it, but I wouldn't put it up there with Innistrad or anything okay. like that. I mean, I love, I love Theros. I agree that Innistrad has a special place in my heart, like the original Ravnica, for example. But I really do enjoy Theros Draft. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. And with Born of the Gods, I think it, uh, it gets even better. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. So what was your favorite card that Theros introduced for Constructed? Uh, Thoughtseize, I guess, is the, the <laughs> cop-out answer. Uh, Read the Bones would probably be the more realistic one. Although, since I've played with the set, like a bunch of other cards that I didn't think were as great have just been like, yeah. wow, that card's insane. Just like Grey Merchant... 
uh, Master of Waves, even Ashiok, yeah. stuff like that. I was just like, eh, you know, like they'll just kill my Master of Waves or whatever. And then you actually play games, you're like, well, I got ten tokens. So if you don't have anything, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's often this like maximum R and D where like no one plays a card for a little while, and then you play enough limited games, and you just keep losing to this card over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, this card might actually be good and constructed. And Grey Merchant is one of those cards which just mm. like. You keep I kept losing to it in limited, or I kept beating people with it in limited, and I was like, maybe, maybe this card is actually good and constructed. Then we tried it, and it was like, oh, this yeah, is maybe so I should strong. build a model black deck with Pack Rat all <laughs> cards for my constructed deck. It's like, well, I remember the first time I played Pack Rat and constructed it in the Future Future League, everyone laughed at me, and I was like, no, 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 like it, it ups your devotion. Isn't that exciting? And they still laughed at me. And now I have vindication. Yeah, yeah you, know? you got them good. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the gods from Theros? Uh, initially, my, like, like I said, my evaluations were, like, pretty far off base. Everyone's uh, ours. It's a- yeah, sure. So, like, Perforo seemed very exciting, and I still think it's very good, and, like, people might, you know, should be playing more with it, I'm not sure. But I thought Fossa was, like, by far the worst, but it, it was, like, one of those things where it's very interesting that it's costed three and the rest of them aren't, right. you know? So it's, like, pretty clear that they're, like, trying to push it in some way, so, you know... Maybe, again, that's one of those things where I should have kind of figured out, like, taking a key. They're like, okay, maybe I should be trying this and, like, playing with it. Right. So I like Heliod a lot. That one doesn't see very much play either. It's sad. <laughs> you know? Heliod was actually the one god left out from the Theros Top 8. I know. I know. When's the White Devotion deck going to pop up, you know? One Soon day. enough. We still got plenty of time for Theros to be in standard. True. It's true. Yeah, I'm already, you know, four years into the future or whatever, so... <laughs> Right, it is weird. When you get here, we you have what's called the black hole, where it's like a couple sets that are just gone. It's like you play with them, you kind of read through them, you know what's in them. But when it comes to like limited tricks or uncommons, you just have no idea. Yeah, I, I have no real idea for the rest of Theros blog. Right, so. you, you know, like some of the top constructed cards. Oh yeah, for that. sure. I know all the constructed ones, but as far as like you know, naming some random card or whatever, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. It's, right. it's interesting. Like we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast before. Like we said, there's you guys are in like two to three years, four years in the future. Mm-hmm. I live like nine months in the future, so like I. I had my own little time-lapse delay between me and reality. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, it felt like hopping through a time machine when I got here, which was awesome, because it's like, spoiler season is basically, like, the best season. Yeah. And I just get to read through, like, five spoilers at once. It's, just, it's like spoiler Thanksgiving. I just yeah. get stuffed on spoilers. It's like you eat too much ice cream, and you're just, like, kind of, like, your stomach's a little upset afterwards. Yeah, but I don't morning, feel bad yeah. in the slightest. I know, <laughs> it's I so too much good. ice cream, I feel bad. Right. Oh, uh, it's, it's definitely true. Actually, it's really weird. It's like, we're time travelers, but what's happening in the past is, is like, constantly modifying what we're doing right now. So you so. would say it's timey-wimey. And Wibbly Wobbly. And Wibbly Wobbly. Yes, excellent. Jerry, I'm, I'm, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to have you on board. I'm excited to be here. Good. Yeah. Good. That's, that's important. You're excited now. Great. We got it. We got you. We got you excited. That's, that might just be. Oh, wait, no, now it's falling off again. Yeah. Maybe excited is not the right word. I'm very happy that I'm here. (laughs) Happy, I'll accept. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Daily MTG Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, TrickMTG. You can find me on Twitter, at Gavin Verhey. You can find me, Jerry Thompson, on Twitter, G3RRYT. And I should probably get an easier Twitter screen <laughs> name. But. Well, it's, you know, it's like you're living in the 90s, got the three in there hanging out. Yeah, so. I hate it. I hate it so much. But that's all right. Well, all right then. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you again in a couple of weeks.